How to zero in on your point. Here's a cognitive secret. When the brain focuses its full attention on something, it filters out all unnecessary information. Here's a story secret. To hold the brain's attention, everything in a story must be there on a need-to-know basis. W. Somerset Magum said, Stick to the point. Here's a disconcerting thought. Marketers, politicians, and televangelists know more about story than most writers. This is because, by definition, they start with something writers often never think about, the point their story will make. Armed with that knowledge, they then craft a tale in which every word, every image, every nuance leads directly to it. Look around your house. Chances are you bought just about everything you see, even Fido, because while you weren't looking, a clever story snuck in and persuaded you, too. It's not that you're easy to boss around, but a well-crafted story speaks first to your cognitive unconscious, which marketers hope will then translate it into something conscious, like, it may be midnight, but I really do deserve a Big Mac. Gee, she looks so happy. I wonder if I can get my doctor to prescribe that pill. It'd sure be fun to have a beer with that guy. I think I'll vote for him. Scary, huh? So to take back some of that power, writers would do well to embrace this counterintuitive fact. The defining element of a story is something that has little to do with writing. Rather, it underlies the story itself and is what renowned linguist William Labov has dubbed evaluation, because it allows readers to evaluate the meaning of the story's events. Think of it as the so what factor. It's what lets readers in on the point of the story, cluing them in to the relevance of everything that happens in it, but plainly it tells them what the story is about. As literary scholar Brian Boyd so aptly points out, a story with no point of reference leaves the readers with no way of determining what information matters. Is it the color of people's eyes or their socks, the shape of their noses or their shoes, the number of syllables in their name? Thus your first job is to zero in on the point your story is making. The good news is that this is one of the few things that can actually cut down on time spent rewriting. Why? Because of the get-go, from the get-go, it allows you to do for your story what your cognitive unconscious automatically does for you, filter out unnecessary and distracting information. To that end, in this chapter we'll explore how weaving together, together, together the protagonist's issue the theme and the plot keeps the story focused. What theme really means and how it defines your story and the way which plot can get in your way. Then we'll put these principles through a test run, focusing on that literary classic, Gone with the Wind. A story versus stuff that happens. A story is designed from beginning to end to answer a single overarching question 
As readers, we instinctively know this, so we expect every word, every line, every character, every image, every action to move us closer to the answer. Will Romeo and Juliet run off together? Will Scarlet realize Rhett's demand for her before it's too late? Will we find out enough about Charles Foster Kane to know what the hell Rosebud means? Thus it would seem that when you're writing a story, defining what it's about should be simple. Obvious, almost, yet it often proves to be maddeningly, maddeningly elusive. Despite our best intention, the narrative meanders, spending way too much time wandering aimlessly down back roads. So in the end, although a lot of interesting events take place, they don't add up to anything. No question is asked, let alone answered. The story is so full of things the readers doesn't need to know that it has no focus, so it isn't really a story. It's just a collection of things that happen. Stories that lack focus often aren't about anything at all. Sounds impossible, doesn't, doesn't it? But I can't tell you how many manuscripts I've read where if someone asked what, what's it about, my only answer would be, it's about 300 pages. As one editor puts it, if you can't summarize your book in a few sentences, rewrite the book until you can. I agree. Years of reading query letters, synopses, and countless manuscripts and screenplays have taught me that writers who can't sum up the story they're telling in a clearly focused, intriguing sentence or two probably haven't written a clearly focused, intriguing story. It wasn't a lesson that came easy. I'd read a summary that seemed promising but was jumbled and little disjointed and think, hey, the ability to write a good story is very different from the ability to write a good summary. So I'd start reading the manuscript. I rarely got far, however, because it usually turned out that the summary did present an accurate picture of the story, which was itself disjointed and jumbled. Here are just a few telltale signs that a story is going off the rails. We have no idea who the protagonist is, so we have no way to gauge the relevance or meaning of anything that happens. We know who the protagonist is, but she doesn't seem to have a goal, so we don't know what the point is or where the story is going. We know what the protagonist's goal is, but have no clue that what inner issue or forces him to deal with, so everything feels superficial and rather dull. We know who the protagonist is and what both her goal and her issue are, but suddenly she gets what she wants, arbitrarily changes her mind, or gets hit by a bus and now someone else seems to be the main character. We are aware of the protagonist's goal, but what happens doesn't seem to affect him or whether he achieves it. The things that happen don't affect the protagonist in a believable way, if at all. So not only doesn't she seem like a real person, but we all we have no idea why she does what she does, which makes it impossible to anticipate what she'll do next. All these problems have the same effect on the reader's brain. Not only does the dopamine surge we felt when we started re- reading dry up, but the part of our brain always busily comparing the reward we expected with what we actually got lets us know 
it is not pleased. In, in short, we feel frustrated. This is evidence that the author hasn't zeroed in on the essence of the story. She's telling. So even though it may be brimming with exquisite prose, it feels directionless and uninvolving. It doesn't take a neuroscientist to tell us what happens next. We stop reading. End of story.